Welcome to Leaders in Conversation, a series of podcasts in which leaders share their inspirational personal leadership stories with me, Annie Townend. In this episode, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Marsha Dixon Terry. Marsha is a career coach and organizational development consultant. She has a passion for partnering with leaders, helping them to facilitate and enable real and lasting change. Welcome, Marsha. I'd like to start at the very beginning with your childhood, with where you grew up and who and what shaped who you've become. I grew up in North London. My parents are from St Lucia, so they came to London in the 50s. So in terms of growing up and in what has really shaped me, I think they have been a major influence. Their respect for people, I think that's been really important to me, but also really seeing opportunity. And that's been a big aspect for me in my life growing up and really important to me as well. Is that because, Marsha, they were looking to give you opportunities that that they didn't have or that they had been given that became so important to them? Yeah, definitely. If I think back to my childhood, particularly, education was something that was really important, not just academic education, but social education as well in terms of how you are as a person. And what I'm really conscious of is that they were very young. My mum was a teenager. My dad was in his early 20s when they arrived in London. So you can just imagine, you know, humble beginnings, but really wanting to do their very best for us as their daughters. And, And I really felt that as a child growing up. What brought them to the UK all those years ago? I use the word again, opportunity. Um, my dad was, he's retired now, but he had a, a range of different jobs, sort of building type jobs, latterly worked for London Transport as a bus driver. And my mum went into health, so she was a, a nurse. So I think it was opportunity and the opportunity to make a new life in England. That's what brought them here. That's amazing. And I imagine that they met challenges along the way coming here and that you yourself, Marsha, have experienced some challenges along the way as you sought out opportunity. Can you share some of the challenges that you've experienced? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think about where, where we are now, you know, July 2021, And I look back over my life so far, there definitely have been challenges. I think for my parents, it's interesting, they've always described challenges as opportunities. So I've always had that in my mind and I'm conscious I'm using that word quite a lot. My mum has spoken of having been able to, to get work, but not always knowing whether she missed out on opportunities, but she's a real fighter and, and always has been. So that's a real feature for me. I think in terms of my own challenges, if I think personally, I'm a deep thinker. And so um, have I faced overt racism, covert? I would say absolutely. And I think it's how one may be approached in certain situations, um, whether socially or at work. I'm always mindful of how someone may consider me and look at me, but I've also seen that as a, as a way of saying, well, actually I am who I am. I'm really proud of who I am. I'm proud of my heritage, my ethnicity and who I am. And I use that to really propel myself forward. That's fantastic, Marsha. You and I met a number of years ago when you were working in an organisation 
that was it's all about giving opportunity and helping children and their families mm. face challenges mm. is that part of why you chose to work in that particular organization i very much see people as people whatever age you are regardless of one's background uh, regardless of one's education or the opportunities that may have been afforded to someone i really do embrace that and that's something that's really important to me the organizations that i've worked for as well as the work that i do now that's a constant thread that really does guide me that question has made me really reflect on that you describe yourself as a deep thinker but i know you to be a real people person and i experience you as somebody looking to give opportunity to people seeing challenges as opportunities the other thing that you mentioned that your parents taught you is around respect uh, respect for who you are for what you do and i wonder who else or what else shaped who you've become I think back to school and I think back to teachers that I felt really believed in me so there was a particular teacher Mr Decena who taught me history A level and I've got such fond memories of him because he had such faith and belief not only in me but in fellow pupils students at school and having someone that have has real belief in you is so so important if I think back to roles that I've had again a couple of of line managers that I've had who again have really pushed me actually in terms of opportunities and sorts of work programs that I've led on but again that faith in me has enabled me to have more of that belief in myself more of that self belief so I think again those are individuals that have helped to shape me also I had a mentor um, an external mentor I remember uh, Gillian Singh very different backgrounds both personally but also professionally but she just helped to really guide me and help me to move into the next leadership role that I wanted and and secured also i would say just friends i've got some you know great people in my life who have just been there for me through thick and thin and also i have to say and my husband as well the belief that he has in me at times where i've questioned myself that's that's made a big difference too that's so important isn't it i think having somebody to believe in us having somebody to believe in us when our belief in ourselves may waver when we are challenged and are not able to see that opportunity and early on in our education at school so often having a a teacher or a tutor somebody who believes in us has faith in us that we we'll, we will be all right and that we can do well whatever that means is so so important you yourself have children now yeah i do i have two boys a 14 year old and a and a 9 year old and and Annie, what you said there about having people in your life that believe in you because it's important that we have self belief but also gaining that from other people to help shape our own self belief is so important so when i look at my two boys who i'm extremely proud of really makes me think what well, it's important that they have a range of different supports in their lives whether that's education family friends and i think it's so important as parents that we know there are others supporting our children as well and especially during this time where you will have been home educating how has that been for you marsha yeah it was a real challenge there were days that i thought gosh this is this is tough this is tough 
But again, there's something that's really quite special, I think, in terms of children and their resilience. My youngest would say, we can do this together, mummy. And and it's just those moments you kind of think, yeah, of course we can. We're, We're in it together. So it was a challenge, but I got to learn more about them. Took me right back to school. And there's a, there's a reason why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, you've become uh, a career coach, an organisational consultant, somebody who absolutely believes that people change and that organisations can change. It would be really great, Marsha, to hear more about the work that you do and the belief that you have in change that last point you made about the belief in in change particularly Annie over the last year where there has been so much focus on diversity so much focus on inclusion Um, and why do I say this is because I do believe that there is opportunity to make real change but there's got to also be the belief and it's got to be genuine and it's got to be meaningful so I really, truly believe that change is possible, whether that's on an individual basis, a team basis or an organisational level. So I, I have that belief. I have that passion. But I'm also very conscious that it's got to be genuine. It's got to feel authentic. So that's always my starting point in terms of the work that I do. So I work with both individuals and organisations. So in that space of career and leadership coaching, I do a lot of work around self-belief actually, and really focused on what is the change that an individual wants to achieve and really then working together to navigate what that change could actually then look like moving forward. So, uh, and it will vary based on the, the person. Again, back to the point around seeing people as people, it's about focusing on the individual and what their needs are. And then organisationally, with Black Lives Matter, with um, COVID and the impact that that's had across the world, leaders are really paying more attention to what do they need to focus on? What what are the sorts of things, whether it's around um, diversity, equity, inclusion, culture change, that real sense of, of belonging. In terms of the work that I do, it's about understanding what is the change that organisations are looking to achieve and truly working in partnership to navigate that change and achieve what that organisation is looking to. What I must say is that sometimes organisations are not always clear what that change is. I think that's an important point too. And that discovery piece is just so, so important too. It it brings up so much. And is that the conversation that you have, Marsha, at the very beginning, helping leaders identify what that change might look like and the things that they need to think about? I'm a big one for work not being set in stone and really keeping curious, being curious, being courageous, but also being creative around what organisations want to achieve. So that discovery piece, not only with leaders, uh, as in senior leaders, but leaders across an organisation. I'm very much one who wants to understand what is the temperature check, what's going on in organisations. And Annie, something that I learned from you, which really has always stayed with me, is that we are all leaders And it's recognising that in all that we do. And so I do take very much an inclusive rather than an exclusive approach in terms of the work that I I do. That's lovely to hear, Marsha, because I really do believe that. And you've touched on another couple of things that are very important to me in my leadership, which is curiosity, 
being passionately curious. And I'm always pleased when people mention curiosity as being something which is very, very important to them, because I think starting with curiosity and caring for others and being courageous in having the conversations that matter is really, really important. I'm so with you. As people, we make a lot of judgments, sometimes really positive, but sometimes, quite frankly, not at all. And being curious about others, but learning about other people genuinely um, from a position of wanting to learn and to care about others is so important. What we've learned, I think, particularly over the last year is that this doesn't just sit in a kind of a personal remit, it's professionally as well. And we know that if people pay attention to us and really care about us, the, the opportunities in terms of what we can do, there's so much that can be achieved. And if we can hold on to that, day in, day out, I just think there's huge opportunity in terms of the change that can be delivered on an ongoing basis. And it's that sustainability, isn't it, that's very important in your work. So I'm reminded of what one of your sons said to you, we can do this together, we can do this. There is something about coming together, being able to have the conversations that matter and believing that we can make change happen and keeping each other going when we might question our belief that there are other people who will keep us going and keep the belief alive. Just picking up on what you said there, Annie, that belief may change. At times it may absolutely sit with one or two people or quite a few people. People get tired as well. So the idea that energy kind of it keeps moving amongst people as well, that's important. And that's the strength, I think, of the different types of relationships that, that we have. You will remember me talking about my belief that leadership happens inside of relationship and inside of relationship, the importance of getting to know each other, of understanding each other and being able to understand each other so that we can care about each other and understand each other's motivations. Because I know in my work with senior teams that as people have those conversations, things start to make sense to them. Why something really matters to somebody because of who they are, because of why they're here, their story. And that understanding immediately opens up much greater trust, much greater care and a much greater appreciation of difference as well as inclusivity. Just to add to what you've shared there, diversity is for everyone. And, and I think that's something that I want to get across, not only during our conversation today, but just also in the work that I do. It's about diversity in all sorts of ways, in terms of who we are as people, in terms of our thinking, in terms of how we approach different work challenges, in terms of how we work with different situations, different stakeholders, etc. So that language of diversity, I think it's so important that it sits across in so many different ways. It's something which I've given a lot of thought to around diversity of thought as a way of thinking about that broad and deep diversity that we bring our different thinking and particularly when somebody thinks very differently to us, how can we bring that curiosity rather than, as you say, sometimes judging that difference in thinking, perhaps because it is so different to ours or because it we 
simply don't understand it. How can anybody think like that or do this or that? So I think that combination of diversity of thought and inclusive dialogue, how do we make it possible for everyone to be heard, to be seen? We may not understand everybody immediately, but at least we give people that space, that opportunity to be able to be part of the conversation. One of my clients, coaching clients, said to me recently, having the time and space to really think through, think through where they're at, but also where they want to get to. And that really resonated with me because you can take that example that my client shared and use it not just on an individual level, but on on an organisational level as well. And that really, for me, that was really powerful. And it just reminded me, yes, to your point, and if we get to know people more and take the time, this takes time. This is not kind of a, a once in a you know, blue moon opportunity. This is ongoing, but we have to be courageous and say it's worth the time because of the impact that it can make. It reminds me of the work which I imagine you've come across by Nancy Klein, in which she talks about creating that thinking environment. And certainly over the past year, I've experienced working online with teams, with groups, the importance of giving people time to reflect, to think, and then to be able to have a conversation and and that thinking time being as important as the conversation, particularly for those people who say, I haven't really stopped to think because they're going from one thing to another, from one work-related thing or to one more domestically related thing without having time to stop and think and taking those micro moments in their day, in my day, to stop and think, to pause, to reflect, and then to have the conversation. If I think about over the last sort of 18 months or so, what I've heard really loudly from a range of different people has been the fact that they are, it seems that literally people are going from one meeting to the next constantly, whether it's on Zoom or on Teams. And that space to be able to be creative and think just isn't there. How can we create those learning opportunities within the working day? Um, but also asking the question, if we create that time, what impact could it make? Because I think that's the other thing in organisations. It's about understanding what benefit that that could lead to. You keep mentioning that impact and that lasting impact and culture change being about having a sustainable impact uh, on people, on our communities. Just to add there, I think the impact can be really quite varied So when I say that, Annie, I mean the impact can be how one may think, how your team connect and different ways of actually connecting, but also thinking about business and commercial results and opportunity. It's about thinking about the range of, of different impacts that one wants to achieve and thinking through how can we actually get there and be in it together to achieve what we want to. I really like that, thinking about impact in different contexts. One of the ways I have talked often and do work with impact is around individual and team collective impact around what's our intended impact versus our impact felt and in particular helping people to think about the language that they use 
and how important it is when we think about diversity of thought and inclusive dialogue and equity that we're very conscious whilst being true to ourselves but thinking about the language that we use and the impact that it may have on others either in an excluding way or in an inclusive way and that there are often different ways of speaking about things that can have the impact intended land on people. You and I were in a webinar together where it was after that webinar that I started to add after my name in brackets, she, her. And it was something I'd been thinking about. Is this something I want to do? And it was after that webinar that I realised I wanted to be someone who could help people have that conversation for whom otherwise it might be quite difficult to say, please refer to me as they or their or to have that conversation. That was a powerful webinar that we uh, participated in together. Um, And as you say that, identity, it's so important because it shapes who we are and how we can truly bring ourselves to work. I'm conscious that in some of the conversations I've had, I talk a lot about the importance of listening to our people, listening to colleagues. And I say that because... Without listening, truly listening, how can you really know how your people are doing? Like really know. And I go back to the very first question you asked, the importance of respecting other people, not only for who they are, but what they bring is key, is absolutely key. And as leaders, and I talk about leaders in its broadest sense, there's so much that we can do to help people to bring their identity, their true selves to work. And it reminds me of a story that I read many years ago and have retold many times about a leader who was given some feedback about their listening. The question, I think, had been, what do you wish you had learnt years ago when you started out on your leadership journey in the professional context and this person said they it wasn't until they were in their 50s when they realized as a result of feedback that they had always been listening to give an opinion and the feedback shone a light on how they needed to shift their listening to listening for understanding and how that had transformed their leadership and had a lasting impact on their culture. Oh, that's huge. And that really resonates with me, listening to hear and to understand rather than listening to respond. And actually, as a leader, it's something that I've used not only in the professional workspace, but also personally. You know, as leaders, very often we want to help and and we think by helping is by coming up with the solutions. But actually, sometimes helping or enabling others is just creating that time and space to truly listen to the needs of, of others. So that what you've just shared there, that really does resonate with me, too. When you think about the past year in particular and the challenges that leaders and their organisations and everybody in their organisations have experienced, what are some of the opportunities that have come out of what has been a really challenging year? 
I do think the opportunity to listen to others. I think the opportunity to be able to understand how people are doing and to be courageous in actually asking and finding out. I think there's huge opportunity there. I think opportunity in terms of flexibility, in terms of how we work, not only what we do, but how and when. I think there's huge opportunity in that space as well. And I also think there's huge opportunity in terms of looking at culture in organisations. We talk about culture, but actually we're all in that culture of an organisation. What is it really like to work in your organisation? What's working well? What's working less well? And to use that learning to be able to move the organisation forward in a way that truly does have an impact um, in a positive light, um, that is inclusive and that enables people to be able to show up well and deliver really well as well. As we come to the close of our conversation, Marsha, and thinking about, again, this past year and the learning that people have had in terms of going back into the workplace, for some organisations, there's a move towards getting everybody back into the work place and I would be really interested in your thoughts about that and what you see as some of the challenges and opportunities. I think a key learning point is let's not go back to March 2020 so that for me would be a first key point. The second point would be around purpose and really thinking through what is it that we want to do together and how can we achieve that change. Keep talking to your people find out from them what they need, but also how they can really add value in a way that is flexible and really focuses on resilience as well. I think the other area is around values. What are the values of your organisation? Are they written down on paper? How are they truly lived and breathed? And I think the final point would be see change as an opportunity rather than a burden and think creatively and courageously in that space. What are the three big considerations that you would have leaders, whoever they are, wherever they are, think about in terms of opportunity, in terms of making lasting changes? Think about what really lights you up and how you can help to light up others would be my number Mm -hmm. one. My number two would be in terms of your well-being, what are the different elements that you need to be able to keep well both mentally and physically and again how can you support others in that well-being space as well and the final point would be around resilience we all have our ups and downs in different ways so how can you ensure that you are supporting your own resilience and others in a way that will enable you to thrive rather than survive thank you Marsha To find out more about Marsha, do go to LinkedIn, Marsha Dixon Terry, MDT Career Coaching. To listen to other Leaders in Conversation, do go to my website, annietownend.com. If you would like to be a leader in conversation, please get in touch with me via email, annie at annietownend.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Marsha.